Welcome to Tech Life Cast, an initiative of Harbor Inc. Technology Media. We are here to share insights and tell stories that happen around specific touch points across technology, lifestyle, and entertainment, and especially how these impact our lives and our future in Africa and beyond. Currently, much information about the influence of cutting-edge technologies on Africa's culture is not talked about, or even our impact on the growing space economy. We are here to transform that narrative, one story, one argument, one terrible wisecrack at a time. My name is Victoria, and with me today is B. And we'll be discussing a very sensitive topic, data privacy and how to stay safe online. I call this sensitive because a lot of issues have emerged in the um, last few months around internet fraud, um, people getting scammed online, um, people feeling like their privacy is being, is being in, in trude, intruded upon by all of these tech yeah. communications companies. Um, but uh, we need to understand um, some of the permissions that we are giving to these people. So I guess a bunch of topics that we will be addressing is around um, websites and um, privacy issues, um, passwords, authentication and whatnot. Um, we'll also talk about you. <laughs> For those who like to... For those who like to download free stuff, there's also an aspect where we address we address yeah. some of the cons on downloading free mode um, mode things. So yeah, so be please go ahead. Yeah, I mean you've started this off very correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean um, you started this off very correctly, and um, I mean these are important things to talk about. Um, considering the very popular news about. Cambridge Analytica um, some years ago when um, US had their elections and um, you know there was a supposed breach of yeah. people's um, um, you know, information, information and it at the end of the day influenced the way they voted um, that was because somehow um, people's likes and dislikes and all what not about their behaviors you know was tweaked or was um, figured out in some way by mining their data and it was done illegally so I mean this is a very very important topic to talk about um, how do we avoid such things as this um, you know in the future how do we also ensure that how do we also ensure that things like um, you know BEC business email compromise um, phishing and all of such things how do we ensure that you know they do not keep coming up and down it surprises to know that for every 39 seconds right there's a new attack somewhere on the web and um, so that means you know that means there have been several attacks since we started um, you know talking and uh, just hope it's not you know you or me or someone else listening because uh, the results at the end of the day as we know um, aren't always funny and you know so also we look at things like we have in 2018 there were about 4.1 billion you know data breaches breaches rather um that's a lot of within, numbers yeah we didn't say the first six months thereabouts mm. of that year so i mean it's definitely something to talk about it's definitely something to see um you know, just yeah. just address ways we can stay safe um while online because every day Every day we keep giving out that information. I cannot own a Facebook account, for example. For example, you know, without 
giving out some sort of information, whether it's phone number, email address, and all that. And how do I ensure at the end of the day that um, some bad guys um, do not end up getting this? Some other stats: um, there are three hundred thousand new pieces of malware created every day, and wow. um, this means that someone out there doesn't wish, you know, us well. So definitely, um, if, while I'm giving out my information and while I trust Facebook, I trust Google or whoever it is I'm giving my information to. Um, anyways, these undealing companies um, we give our information to that are trusted, but I mean, they are the very common ones and the ones that have come on that stick in past or recent times. Um, yeah. But wh- while I'm giving trusted people my information, I should also know that there are some guys out there that, um, okay. that cannot be trusted and somehow they try every moment every time they try um try to hack get, into you understand, my system try getting their way into my information and trying to do some funny stuff with it it's interesting because um when you mentioned facebook and all of this it, most people don't understand you hear them saying things like facebook is just showing me an ad that i i i did not ask for boys something i discussed with different yeah. how did they get it so most people don't understand how um data works with um giving permissions to some of these applications. So as a normal user, I just see terms and conditions. I read it. <laughs> Who has time to read all of okay. those um, many words? I just sign up. But uh, then I start to see ads that are in relation to things I search for online in my Facebook account. I start to say, is Facebook spying on me? You know, you get you yeah. get a lot of these questions true, on, true, online true. and conversations around it. How how do you, how, how would you explain so, data privacy yeah, and yeah. some of permissions. A good one, really. So um, one way to look at that is um, there's something called second party data, there's first party data, second party, third party data. So basically second party data in this sense is what, you know, the likes of say Facebook uses. Whereas they understand some things about me and um, in that line, uh, they sell my data to people that want to market to me. So they sell my data to um, sell, yeah, the word is sell. And so when it comes to terms and conditions, I probably never knew at first when I was going to be using Facebook. I just wanted to, you know, just relate with other persons, meet people online, chat and all of that. I didn't know that to get to a point, my data would be sold because really much as it might have been spelled out in the terms and conditions, so so bulky. I wouldn't have decided, you know, Honestly, there's there's a common lie, you know, that we all lie. <laughs> Have you read terms and conditions? I promise you, um, ninety nine percent of of the time, I might be wrong on this, but I promise you, like, you rarely find people that read terms and conditions. To the end. I'll, I'll probably mm. take them as abnormal. My apologies. But really, <laughs> like, you have how many pages of information to read? Just scroll and just trust. It, it's not just even trust. about reading it. It's about understanding what you are yeah, signing. True. Because very, it's, very it's one thing to read through the entire thing. But it's also understanding that some information that there, maybe you need a legal person, but who has time to true. start looking for a legal person? True, yeah. So we just sign up on all of these applications. Yeah. What could be the, like, I think, I think there are major your implications to giving people access to your data. Imagine having um, apps like TrueColor that will tell you they want to record your calls and you're giving, you're, you're signing mm-hmm. up those permissions. Well, are there any ways we can prevent um, losing losing control over our data when signing up with these applications? Are there anything? Yeah, yeah alright. Um, I'll tell you again, firstly, um, just taking it back to the um, terms and conditions as you know, mm-hmm. rightly talked yeah. about. Yeah. And also looking at the part of um, 
second party data understanding that um for everybody that has your data in some sense or the other um somewhere within the you know terms privacy terms and all of that you have it maybe spelled out of course very well that your data at some point in time would um they would take ownership of it and can use it in ways of course say reasonable ways you know at the end of the day so um it's really about uh, the question would be can i decide not to use facebook again um can i stay off the internet totally at the end of the day it's not so possible so maybe ways we could help ourselves would be limiting so to say um the kinds of information we put out there we don't quote and unquote we don't want to be we don't want to be monitored or we don't want to be seen as being monitored in that sense i would say that you cannot be too careful at the end of the day yeah because these are applications you need and um these are applications that yeah, are yeah. very important in um, mm-hmm. helping you connect with other people so it's like you're giving something to get something you have to give them access to a certain level of data to get access to use their platforms yeah yeah definitely oh, definitely okay. so i'm um, uh, it's really just weighing you know the um good and bad sides of it also i mean nobody gives you anything for free i mean so true color <laughs> does have you know the pro version mm-hmm. right for which you pay and mm-hmm. without that you have the you have the free version uh why should i give you access to someone's information you know you're trying to trace who called you or something mm-hmm. um why should i give you access to that person's information for free i mean i have servers i'm maintaining online and all you know to achieve all of this so i think often for me i would say that if anyone tells you that they're offering you a free service you should ask yourself how do they make money from me <laughs> you get from me. how do they make money yeah um, maybe not from you but mm. the general question will be what's their business model mm-hmm. how do they make money now mm. if we don't have if that is not clear enough then somehow your data is being sold mm. like it's just as simple yeah, as so, that so i become the product that's yeah, why def- i said from from me yes so if they're not if they're not making money by asking me to purchase their applications it yeah. means they're making money off me yes it means my data is being used for def- for definitely. But I, I guess it's a small price to pay for the value most of these applications bring um we've also heard um yeah you and i have um heard concerns around websites um people saying i'm not sure if i should accept cookies that like i see on page or people um going forward to insecure websites um they see a website clearly saying um it's insecure but they still proceed and they don't know the implication just because they want an information from that website they don't know the implication of what it means to click um yeah. advance when a, a website already gives you a warning and then there's a the part of the website cookies so how do you explain that thanks um so i'd say that um so firstly yeah there are two things to talk about here and uh, maybe yeah. the first we'll, we'll talk about the cookies a little later um for now so just talking about how can i um you know verify that this website for example is secure enough to you know for me to put my personal detail on and um just lead to education so for every website for every web page right there's a url and which is um what we call you know uniform resource locator and it's basically just that unique identifier so to say for each resource on the internet so for each say image for each page mm-hmm. in a website mm-hmm. and all of that yeah there is a universal resource locator so while bringing this universal resource locator apart we look at different components it has and one of it is the http um now the http stands for you know hypertext um 
transfer protocol and all and well maybe some of those jargon might not be so important to us but I think we, we could just glean it thing or two from it in the sense that um looking at a URL and if you have HTTP and um, as compared to HTTPS um, having a site that has HTTPS is um, a little more secure compared to that um, that has just HTTP the S there really is not just a letter mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, basically it speaks to the transfer protocol used by that resource so what what happens is such that um, if I'm on a website that um, you know has HTTPS you know, the S part as part of its URL, what is happening is whatever information that is transferred from that website is encrypted in a way that an hacker would not just see my, you know, information like that. So if I'm putting in my email address, my password, whatever other information in there, it's going to be encrypted while it's being passed down to the server. Mm. Or whether it's an information that is presented to me from the server, you know, mm. on my client or my browser, yeah. what would happen is that it's going to be encrypted. So it is end-to-end encryption in the sense that um, the hacker would not be able to see anything wow. that way. So um, th- that keeps us safe in that sense. If we are putting our information into such websites, so maybe websites that might not necessarily need a, um, you know, the S part, this secure transfer um, security level would be websites such as blogs, for example. I mean, especially if it's like a news site and all where I don't necessarily have to put in personal information. So you could as well just be there for the meantime and, you know, close it later on. But once you have that part there, uh, you see a website requesting for information from you. And the browsers do a good work nowadays. You know, they tell you already, this is not secure for you to put your information mm-hmm, into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some other parts to look at, um, you know, part of the URL will be like um, the address itself. Now, um, we have many a times, I take for example, Jumia now, um, there are a few times you see some kind of promotion somewhere, they tell you Jumia is giving out free iPhones and stuff like that. You click on the page and it looks exactly like Jumia's you know, um, page. And by the time you look closely at the address, you figure that you know the domain name is actually wrong. Then you figure also that um, the TLD, which yeah. is the top level mm-hmm. level domain, is also wrong. So the top level domain for Jumia, for example, in Nigeria will be jumia.com.ng. So the .com.ng there is the top level domain. You see some of yeah. these fake yeah. sites mm-hmm. starts with things like ng.jumia.com. Yeah. Much as it looks so much like uh, Jumia's, Jumia. I promise you it is not. Yeah, I, I think Gitiban had that kind of issue at some point where I think the B, we're using a, no, a kind of A, just the A okay. in, 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 in the words. The A had like some sort of call on it. All right. And, and the actual Jumia, um, GT Bank, um, application, the website, the URL didn't have any of that. There was, there was a and time the they had to. The design would be similar. Yeah. And yeah. the design was similar. They had to send out a note saying, uh, no, we did not, um, yeah. be careful of fraudsters using this particular. I, I, I So basically, wow. basic things like this are important because, I mean, I would have thought, for example, that was GC's website. Let me put in my, my information my there information. before you know someone else wow. we shouldn't. And even though such websites, for example, might use it a good um, security protocol mm-hmm. right for transfer mm-hmm. of information mm-hmm. it might be HTTPS you feel it's okay but looking closely checking just look taking that extra step to check the URL you figure there's something wrong here and would you know at the end of the day um, just do something dangerous to me at the end of the day if I go ahead and put in my information here so yeah 
things like that are things that we could, um, you know, just do due diligence to help us, you know, just ensure that we do not give our information to some persons that do not wish us, wish us well, rather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there are a lot of those people out there. So be careful with where you um, log into. Just because you need information from a particular website doesn't mean you shouldn't do the due diligence of checking every um, information correctly. regards to passwords <laughs> there's been this should i say yahoo yahoo this um, whole internet fraud thing that goes on and people say um they called me requested for my bvn they called me they requested for my pass my gmail password i give them and then i lost a lot of money um are there, are there measures we can like as a normal everyday user can okay. take to say i want to prevent uh, my passwords from being divulged quickly. Are there applications we could use and are there things we should look out for when um, sensitive um, information we should look out for when imputing our passwords in any application at all? Yeah, good one really. Um, I would, I'd ask at first, so if someone calls you today, or say I call you for example, yes, and um, say, of course you know me and I'm mm-hmm. like, give me your Gmail password. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> so first thing, I think people should do is not be gullible though I mean I might not I don't want to sound insulting in that sense right because people if you don't know you don't know right especially for the you know the elderly ones in some sense you have people that uh go to register their emails um by you know going to a cafe somewhere and the guy that registered for them actually got all their information and bad thing is he wrote it on one paper that he did not keep safe somewhere so i think that's always a good place to start right um ensure that these things are actually you know private to you private enough don't just i mean give your email um address and password and all of that over a call like that's that's very very bad that's bad mannerism if i would say it that way but i think um if if that layer of security you know if it's dealt with um some other things to look at is uh, before this let me just share you know some interesting stats so you know the most common password used worldwide is one two three four five six yeah. <laughs> and it's used by about 23 million persons. So what this means is this. Um, there is there is a very, very high tendency that I can, you know, get someone's, I can get access to someone's email, you know, account. If I just know their address alone. Because most likely I might just be lucky enough to guess this one, two, three, four, five, six used hmm. by someone somewhere. Wow. <laughs> some interesting stuff. Yeah, you know, some other one also says that, you know, 53% of people rely on their memory to manage passwords. So imagine I have, you know, several emails, even though, you know, it's funny what we use several emails for. You know, so you have people use several accounts and the same credentials. So what might just be different might be the username, the email address, right? And you have same password for such persons. It just means all I need to do is have access to just 
you know, their usernames and email addresses on whatever platforms they use. And already with that single password, I have access to several of their platforms. So really, there are some best practices or some good tips that we could always, you know, make use of while making use of, um, you know, platforms that require or request for um email addresses and you know and um, passwords so things like strong password you know what is a strong password so again some of these platforms say gmail for example give us good definitions or like um a tip into what a strong password is so a strong password should contain you have a number it should contain cap capital letters it should contain um a symbol you know things like these are not easily guessable by someone um it's easy to guess one three one two three four five six so when you have eight underscore um you know hashtag bz and stuff like that it becomes difficult to guess that you know kind of password so using strong passwords like is very very important um, you know, to ensure that our information out there is secure and no one there just guesses it anyhow. And then um, one way to use a strong password, because again, um, it becomes a problem when I trying to, you know, manage several passwords just by myself. I have several strong passwords and I'm trying to manage it myself. It becomes a problem. So you could use a password manager. And um, again, kudos to some browsers that have been doing well where, um, say, Chrome, for example, what happens is that it suggests to you a password you could use strong already and, of course, unique to you in that sense. And also does have a password manager where you can save these passwords and you don't have to guess them at yeah. any point in time. <laughs> so phishing involves an attacker, you know, trying to... Um, get information off you uh, right by presenting to you say a fake um, model or sorry fake version of the same website that you've always been familiar with and things like that whereas you know requests for your um details and all of that and once you have it in um on the back end the person gets access to your information and can always log in to your own account and you know do as he or she wishes with your information so imagine people having to um you know go through such attacks they're victims of phishing operations and even with that they did not change their passwords like we have about 50 percent of people that have gone through such it's actually very bad so um Changing passwords regularly would be another tip, uh, very, very useful uh, if you want to ensure that um, your information is kept safe. So if, for example, there was a breach, say some, say two weeks ago or whatever, and or maybe a day ago, a moment ago, you figured that um, someone had, had access right illegally to your account, what you can easily do is change your um, you know, password at that moment, change it at that moment, use a strong password again if you're going to change. But um, even without phishing attacks, I mean, regularly you should have, say within every three months or something, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. have your passwords changed such that it's not, you know, easily guessable. Then th things like right. using a two-factor, multi-factor, say two-factor authentication at times also works. I mean, there was an issue where someone had used my, you know, um, email address to open, account, to open an account, right, um, somewhere online. And I figured that this happened. And, you know, I was just, I was alerted um, to send it, to click a link, right, to ensure that um, my account becomes verified on this platform. And, man, 
I did not subscribe to wow. this platform, right? So I just reached out to the owners of the platform to make them understand that um, this is my email address and someone else is probably using this for a scam or maybe it was a mistake. And what they did was deactivate that channel to ensure that, you know, that operation wasn't successful. But immediately I went to ensure that my password was changed mm-hmm. and not just that I also you know added two-factor authentication to also ensure that so what two-factor authentication will do for you in this case is that firstly yeah you have a password that works but on the other end you also have another way to verify I haven't tried to log in with the password the other way to verify will be say via your mobile phone a text might be sent to you uh, or say a button for you to click to ensure that it is you so really, these are a few ways um to to help I'll just I'll just talk on a you know a story that I guess um is quite popular and this was um the Evictus OB story from a fraud that happened in twenty eighteen. So with Invictus OB um yeah. What he did was basically um, business email compromise, right? Um, mm-hmm. In some sense, we just call it phishing. Basically, what he did was, um, you know, send an email to a certain, you know, CFO in a certain company. While the CFO received this email, he thought it was from Microsoft Office 365, right? And um, of course, made it look exactly like an hmm. email from Microsoft. Yes. And it's required this executive putting in his personal information and while the man did it of course thinking it was microsoft 365 um it so happened at the end of the day that invictus and his team right had access to his personal information and um started to you know tell other teams within the company to send monies to certain accounts for certain business operations and um this happened for a period of about um maybe three months or so i can't exactly remember now but i know that um it all summed up to about 11 million dollars at the end of the day yeah i mean of course that's a lot of money so um Somehow, at some point, he got nabbed uh, by the FBI, and um, yeah, the story went from you know the high rising businessman that everyone knew to the <laughs> true, to the truth of the matter. So yeah, um, that was one very very um, common one. And basically, what happened there again was yeah, it's the the site might not have been seen as insecure, right? Um, the browser might not have picked it as insecure, but uh, the browser also did not know that it was not the original site, right? And the user also did not know. So take note of things like URLs, like look at the URL, compare it to the you know original URL of Microsoft. In this case right office 365 would it have been the same when they looked at the both of them so um well yeah so i i, I think that's that particular news trended for like yeah. months Twitter. and I, I know a lot of people might be saying who has time when, when will i get the time to go check if um a website is the correct one but at the end of the day we we need to remember that the internet is a very sensitive place so if you decide that oh i don't have time to take care of the privacy settings of um applications i sign up to or website i check out the you pay the penalty you end up getting to the point yeah. where um um you you are calling tech people to help you figure out sure. how to block someone from withdrawing because you never took your time to check if the website you are logging into is something it, it's the original or it's a legal one yeah. I, I think people should take more pay more attention to yeah. these things and when you receive an email, why open up links that are requesting and filling up details that are requesting for you very private information that should yeah. be just you? Maybe you should ask 
questions. If you are not comfortable, call the customer care up. I know a lot of these companies have good support um, customer care sections that you can call up to ask questions True. around what's going on, why they need certain details, and how you are uncomfortable to give out those details. We should take these things more seriously yeah. so we can avoid um, stories like uh, the Invictus yes. OB story. So, I mean, looking at things like, um, you know, you see certain email addresses mm. come and, you know, mm. someone is offering you something for doing nothing. You are getting uh, 12 iPhones exactly. or stuff like that, $1 million. Uh, what I'll just say to such is if, if it looks too good to be true, yeah. it most likely is untrue. So um, yeah. you should take note to such things. And um, I think um, even on, say, social media, right, um, mm. say the likes of Facebook and all, mm. like websites that you know are secure, um, I think it's okay to also be careful what, you know, sort of information you yeah, give out. You know, you, you know, people, people do things like for everywhere they go, you know, they are posting it up and the location is there and all. If you have someone, again, um, if there are about 300,000, you know, malwares, you know, created every other day, um, say someone somewhere doesn't wish you well and all. So yeah. it's okay to, I mean, keep your information private um, such that it's not, uh, it's not that someone sees your, um, you know, activities online and can always tell, okay, this is where this person is at this moment, this is where this person is. And I think things like that um, can be changed. Yeah, yeah. And talking about too good to be true, um, we come to the free stuff, free downloads. You know, we enjoy yeah. we enjoy picking up our phone and seeing places where we can download free movies, we can download free music, we can download um a lot of people don't understand it. You you end up your phone end up crashing and you start saying things like, My phone crashed, yeah. they said it was virus, how did I get it? And you forget all of the 128 downloads you did <laughs> the night you had 28 gig yeah. to, to bust about. So I, I think a lot of people don't understand the complications that comes with all of these sites that offer free downloads, the kind of virus that they could put in your phone. And if you're using, if you, if you end up using like a company system that is connected yes. within network, you could end up damaging so much of um, data accumulated over time. So maybe you could um, share more light on mm. yeah. the free free um downloads yeah yeah freebies yeah, so i think yeah, freebies, we like free things, freebies are plenty you know? we have um likes of free wi-fi uh, free downloads i mean someday i remember seated next to someone that you know i just downloaded a certain software and uh, moments later we figured that his computer was you know unaccessible to him uh, because his files had become shortcuts hmm. um, in essence his computer had been corrupted so he oh. had downloaded a crack um, file uh, for a certain software as in a pirated copy of a certain software and um, it so happened that the while trying to install he actually installed a ransomware on his computer and in cases of ransomware um, you'd have actually have to follow some instructions to make payments to the person that created your ransomware before you can have access to your computer again and just because I mean it was trying to get access to a certain application that I could not afford to. I mean, we understand in this part of the world, often people that, you know, use lots of applications, say Microsoft Word and all, uh, Microsoft Office and all of that. We figured that we just use crack. We don't use the original version. Uh, these are things that are actually quite dangerous uh, to our computers at the end of the day. And um, not just to our computers, but, you know, could ruin our personal information and could give someone else access to our personal information. Mm. Uh, because um, it also depends on the kind of, you know, um, 
virus that is being you know installed on the computers. There are virus that there are viruses rather that would give access to the attacker. That will give full access of your computer to the attacker. You have access mm-hmm. to your webcam, have access to your keyboard, you know, wow. types as you keep typing and things like mm-hmm. that. So um, it's just very important to verify um, this source of whatever you know um, application or file you're trying to download. Very important to verify the source. And um, even before installing, you could um, or before opening whichever, you could just do due diligence to check properties and see things like details and be sure that, you know, some vital details are not missing there and it's not pointing you to something else. Um, and also try to ensure that, you know, again, verified sources um, where you're downloading from, try to ensure that, you know, there's some sort of, say, maybe comments, you know, reviews and ratings on on the website you're downloading from and all of that to just put some, you know, credibility to what you're downloading. And um, I think the other part would be things like free Wi-Fi's. So um, anything that is free really is really not free at the end of the day, right? Someone is paying for something and someone probably has some intent or some motive. So um, uh, in the case of free Wi-Fi's, you have your computer connected to free Wi-Fi's, you're downloading or you're accessing the internet and all that stuff. One thing you should do is just go to your privacy settings, right? And ensure that you block access to files, um, file sharing to ensure that um, other computers on the network cannot access your Your, computer files and all of that. So um, I think these are some tips. uh, This has really been insightful. There are some mistakes that I also might have been making that um, I'm also going to like implement um, immediately after. So I would um, like to encourage people that have listened in to understand that a lot of these things are legal, like cookies and websites, so people don't start getting scared to click on the accept button when it comes to maybe Mm -hmm. give give a little bit of insight on what cookies are and how it affects our operations online so all right so about cookies right you accepting you know this setting on a certain website when it pops up yeah. what you're telling the website is um please just remind remember certain things about me when i come back mm-hmm. um some other day or some other time uh but um which is not a bad thing in, in itself right remember mm. my preferences yeah. so um so you know how to like feed me information but mm-hmm. the other part to it is what if um, I don't want you to remember because um, I know that you could use this against me uh, maybe not against me maybe you could use it does it downsize to yeah. maybe all this online attackers yes coming for you yes so from, okay. yes yeah basically okay. I mean that's that's one part to it another part to it would be that um, somehow through the cookies um, you know these websites can have an insight because the cookies are left on the browser right um, mm-hmm. they can have an insight into the types of uh, websites uh, pages are visited and all and that way sell that data to someone that is trying to advertise to me and um, somehow someday I'm just on a website and I'm seeing hearts you know that I exactly things I've searched for and I'm beginning to wonder how did this come about oh, okay. so if I don't want such um, quality invasions right um, into my privacy I could I could easily clear cookies right? it's just it's in every browser settings you just yeah. clear 
collect cookies and that way you save yourself some of um, this stress and that way also I mean the downside to it also you, you reduce the downside to it in that um, imagine that this your um, cookies information gets into the hands of some bad meaning person yeah right? um, so okay. you by clearing cookies at the end of the day you save yourself um, a lot of um, dangers yes okay really. so, so I think this has really been insightful so take home is um, basically watch what you um, share on social media or any other platform be ensure that you check the URLs or websites that you visit to be sure you're in the original um, websites that you should be visiting also be careful what you accept online to put your personal information in because that data can also be used against you and I guess people should not forget that the internet is a place where everybody can be anybody so it means as much as you are trying to be yourself there's someone else trying to be a criminal they're just waiting to pounce on your details so they can use it for their own um selfish benefits yeah. so be careful what you share share online yeah. and so, and also cookies sometimes clear uh, your cookies from so, your brow- yeah. browsers you don't necessarily yeah, a little addition on that if you want to accept cookies uh, because what happens at times is you can't accept you can't access certain browsers or search certain web pages because you did not accept cookies mm-hmm. so practice safe um, browsing at times just go to your private mode right um, e-cognito however it's called on your browser or web browser you understand so load the page there and accept the cookies there the thing is anyways information from ecognito mostly is not saved it's designed that way so you can access the page and like um generally to be on a safe side private browsing um ecognito mode is always advisable okay remember that um listeners um private browsing is encouraged it helps you just automatically clear out histories um, of places you've visited online. It helps keep your track on the internet a little bit more personalized than you might want when using a normal browser. So, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, B. It's been very insightful listening to you talk about um, data and how it affects us all. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it on social media. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts, you'll find us there. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on topics we should cover, do reach out to us on email or via the Twitter handle, find 